Morning soup? What? <laughs> Who drinks soup in the morning? All of the rest of it, I am here for. We are going to talk about the Dodgers. We are going to talk about them being one game away, one win away from winning their first world championship since 1988. We're talking about one win away from both the Dodgers and the Lakers being world champions simultaneously. Let's get USC into the college football playoffs, see if we can push that across the line. Let's get the Rams into the Super Bowl. Let's see if they can get a championship as well. So all sorts of things going on right now. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the show will appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. That will include Bill Plunkett, who's going to join us in about a half an hour, and then Jerry Hairston Jr. will join us at 10.30. So we got both of those coming up. We're going to break down all things World Series. We're going to take a look forward to tomorrow night. That, of course, is Game 6. That, of course, is an opportunity to close it out. And we will talk about everything that we saw last night in Game 5. And yeah, okay, fine. We can do this, too. We can talk about Game 4, too, a little bit. I Look... I've never, I've been working here a long time. I've been doing something in this general format for 25 years plus. I have never seen a more despondent group of people than I saw on Saturday night doing the postgame show after that blank show that took place in the ninth inning. I almost said it last night, by the way. I almost used the word. I, I've, like I said, I've been doing this a long time. I've only once in 20 plus years used a four letter word on the air accidentally, right? And I nearly did it that night because it was that bad. Just an unbelievable turn of events. But that is in the rearview mirror. We'll talk about what we saw last night. You can be a part of the show as well on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's official. College football is back and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper loving college football fan, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice cold 20 ounce Dr. Pepper today. All right, let's start with this. There's a million things to get into. We'll talk about the bullpen. We're going to talk about Dave Roberts' decisions in the bullpen. We'll talk about Muncie's home run. We'll talk about Jock's home run. We'll talk about Corey Seager still being otherworldly hot. We'll talk about Mookie actually being a little cold at the plate right now. But he did get him started last night with that early double, scored a run before. And I know there's nobody there or very few people there, but that would be the proverbial before you've even gotten your beer and your hot dog there was a run on the board that happened fast right a double Seager brings him in it's like whoa this okay we're off and running only they really weren't off and running it was an incredible uh game along the way before we get to the lead and the lead is Clayton Kershaw but before that just very quickly I want to say this the Rays are tough the Rays are tough the Dodgers have had them on the ropes a couple of different times the Dodgers have had a couple of different opportunities to really break these games open and they haven't been able to do it the Rays always seem to wiggle off the hook their pitching staff and their bullpen in particular is just good enough they might give up a run they might give up two but they don't give up that crazy four or five run inning they don't allow the Dodgers to get that four or five run lead and that's everything look in the World Series Knocking on wood, nice and loud here. In the World Series, you're not going to blow four and five run leads. It's really rare. One run lead, it's basically a tie. A two run lead, it's tight, but you can take a little bit of a breath. Beyond that, you're in big trouble, and the Rays have never allowed that to happen. All right, let's start right here. Let's start with Clayton Kershaw. And and the easy part is just the box score, right? He pitches five and two-thirds innings. He gives up five hits. He gives up a couple of runs. He strikes out six, and he walks two. That does not even begin to tell you what he did last night. It does not even begin to tell you the story of how good he was. Because, And follow along here. He wasn't very good last night. 
He he was not the best version of Clayton Kershaw. He wasn't even a pretty good version of Clayton Kershaw. His stuff was just okay. His location was probably less than that. He really was not. You go back to game one, he was razor sharp. He was just going right through guys. Everything that he wanted to do, he was able to do. After that rocky first inning in game one, he really didn't miss a spot. He was as good as you could hope he could be. That absolutely was not the case last night. Last night was a case of a guy just being that tough, of a guy just being that resilient, of a guy just being that unwilling to give in. And you can't give that guy enough credit for that. Clayton Kershaw has had so many things said about him, so many words written about him, so many comments about, dude, what is your deal in October? Why are you arguably not just the greatest pitcher of your generation, arguably one of the greatest pitchers of all time, right up until we start seeing pumpkins in stores, and then you turn into a different dude? Why? Well, he's put that away. That We're done with that. We're done with it. His numbers are not what they are in the regular season, but he has proven this postseason, and he has proven in this World Series in particular that he is a guy that can pitch in and win big games and battle in big games because that's exactly what he did last night. Those were five and two-thirds innings of blood and guts. That was not great. Walker Bueller is going through guys because of stuff. And he's really good. And he's a tough guy as well. But but Walker Bueller has been razor sharp through all of this, right? He hasn't had to grind. He did it in the Atlanta series where he loaded the base. Maybe it was the Padres. It's all kind of running together. Where he loaded the base with nobody out and it just went bang, bang, bang. And that was it. I think it was Atlanta. And that's being tough. But Kershaw, think about what we saw. He got out of one inning with a 5-4-3 double play. He got out of another inning with a strike him out, throw him out. He got out of another inning because a guy tried to steal home. You heard me right. A guy tried to steal home in the World Series. He went, went, I, we all know the answer to this. When was the last time you saw that, right? Jackie Robinson sliding into Yogi Berra in black and white footage, and it, I mean, it was a million years ago. It probably wasn't the last time, but that's certainly the last time any of us remember. When he took off, I was convinced a couple of one of two things had happened. He'd gotten a sign wrong or the hitter had gotten a sign wrong because that felt like a squeeze. You don't steal home with a left-handed hitter up. That's insane. You don't, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's an easy play. The catcher catches the ball, drops tag out. But Margo had a great jump. He had a great jump. And here's what, here, I, I know, I think Smoltz mentioned it very briefly, but it's incredibly important that Kershaw didn't balk in that moment was really, really impressive. I I can't begin to guess when the last time that somebody tried to steal home against Clayton Kershaw was. I bet you it's been, and I'm not talking about a double steal. I'm not talking about a safety squeeze or a straight squeeze. Just a, I think I can beat the ball to home plate sort of play. That he got, that he stepped off the mound and delivered a decent enough throw. It wasn't great. Again, you're rushed, you're... Your adrenaline is banging, all of these things. You're surprised for sure that he didn't balk, I thought, spoke really. Because, look, I, I don't want to put it on May or Gonsolin or even Walker Bueller or Urias or any of these younger guys. That might be one of those, you, you flinch real quick, you take a step, balk, he's in, guy goes to second, and now all of a sudden, we got problems. Instead, they get the out at home plate. Instead, they're off the field. The inning is over. The lead is intact. That was an unbelievable turn of events. And Clayton Kershaw, he was first and third with nobody out. 
and you get out of it with no runs? Because look, I'm going to ask you the same thing I was texting friends, the same conversation I was having in my living room. At that point, you're thinking, all right, just get out of this inning with the score tied at three to three. Just get out of here with the score tied at three to three. And because look, that run's coming in. It's coming in. There's only two things that you can't do if you're the hitters in this situation. With a runner at third base and nobody out, there are two things that are just absolutely taboo that you can't do. You can't pop up in the infield and you can't strike out. Those are the two things you can't do. What did Clayton Kershaw get him to do? He got him to pop up and then the next guy struck out. You know how good you have to be to do that? Do you know how tough you have to be to do that? And that dude dug in and got both of those things and then Margot gave him a little present. Gave him a little present. Thank you. Thank you. We'll keep it moving at that point. It was extraordinary. He was extraordinary. The Dodgers' bullpen was extraordinary last night. A little bit wobbly at some points, but they got through it. So at the end of the day, we're looking at the result. It worked. May probably pitched himself back into some high leverage situations. Victor Gonzalez, that dude's tough, man. I don't know if I love him in those spots, but I like him more than most of the other guys because he's not scared. A little bit wild for my taste, but he is absolutely not scared. We'll talk about Blake Trinan. We'll talk about how the Dodgers are going to use their bullpen in Game 6 coming up on Tuesday. Tony Gonsolin is going to get the start. We can talk about that. We'll talk about whether or not we'd like to see Alex Wood. I've even seen some ideas out there of Walker Bueller. Should he pitch in that game or not? So there's a whole bunch of things. Plus, we're going to get to your phone calls. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-ESPN. You can send me a tweet at Travis Rogers. All of that is coming right up on a World Series breakdown on 710 ESPN. Like you, I have a family and a mortgage, and I protect the ones I love with life insurance. Life insurance, it is peace of mind. It can help you pay off a mortgage or send the kids to college. And if you think you can't afford it, chances are SelectQuote can help you get it for less than a dollar a day. SelectQuote comparison shops up to 10 highly rated companies, including Prudential, Banner Life, and Mutual of Omaha, and others, to find the company with the best rates. For example, SelectQuote could find a 35-year-old man a $500,000 policy for under $19 a month. That's less than a buck a day. SelectQuote's breakthrough technology allows them to quickly match you with the best insurance company to find the best policy. Plus, the quotes are free. So start protecting your family today. Call SelectQuote at 1-800-881-6868. That's 1-800-881-6868 or go to SelectQuote.com. 1-800-881-6868. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors, and it is not available in all states. Shift on with three on the right side, and they're going to try to steal home, but he's thrown out. Margot says have a look. The shift was on, and Margot was able to get a huge break down the line, and he just tried a straight steal of home. We were all surprised. We don't see that you know, very often at all. I haven't seen it all with a savvy player like Clayton. Obviously, left-handed pitcher with his back to the runner, but Kiermaier, left on left, I could see it, but Clayton just really heads up and made a good play and also with a great tag. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, and yes. You could hear it in Dan Schulman's voice. He's, he's trying to steal home. He was completely surprised. You heard Dave breaking it down right there. There was a million things that just didn't make a ton of sense. You got a left-handed hitter, all of these things, and he nearly made it, but Clayton Kershaw's heads-up play was was absolutely uh, fantastic, and it felt like there was a little breathing room there because think about what happened right after. Right after that, Muncie goes yard, right? So now I got a two-run lead. 
Now you've got a little bit of breathing. One run, you're holding your breath with every pitch. Two runs, even if the ball leaves the ballpark, you're okay, we're, we're, we're still alive. Muncie hits it, styles it, by the way. Love every minute of that. I like that we've entered the phase of Major League, or phase of Major League Baseball where you can hit a home run and strut up first base. I love it. It should have been like this for a long time, I, whether it's Tatis, whether it's Muncie, Bellinger, Jock was kind of feeling it too. Corey Seager puts his head down and runs around. That's fine. Mike Trout hits a home run, puts his head down. Do what you want, but if you want to you know, puff your chest out, go do it. I absolutely love that moment. All right, let's get to some of these phone calls. 877-710-ESPN. Let's get some straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and we're going to start in Pasadena with Kevin. Kevin, you're on 710 ESPN. What's up? Hey, Tavis. Hello, Gauchos here. Go Gauchos. Go Gauchos. Um, hey, I'm really worried about uh, some of the offense here, especially with the game coming up. Chris Taylor looks absolutely lost out there, uh, and Will Smith as well. And uh, so that is a big problem for me, especially with Gonsolin not really producing as he should as a mini starter. Uh, and what's up with the oven mitt now as a part of the uniform? I've never <laughs> seen that before. Yeah, the, the, anyway, take the, yeah thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. The oven mitt kind of came in fashion a few years ago. I think it's, it's mostly to prevent um, – guys from getting their thumbs and their their fingers bent on the bag if your hands kind of in a, a mitten shape you're not going to get your thumb wrenched back mike trout started wearing it after he caught his thumb on a bag and look it, once a piece of equipment is in everybody starts wearing it. what's the oven just about every hitter in major league baseball now has that thing that wraps around their jaw which yeah <laughs> why wouldn't you right you want to take a pitch in the face i don't think so um let's talk about chris taylor a minute which you just mentioned uh, Chris Taylor is a weapon to be sure because he can play all over the field. He can play shortstop. He can play second base. He can play all three outfield positions if you need him. Uh, but here, here's an under-mentioned item from game four. We know that Chris Taylor made that error in center field where he overran the ball. Cody Bellinger should have been out there. He had the back, right? So he only dh that night, and, and Taylor was out there. If Cody Bellinger is there, I think we probably have a different ending to that game because you saw the run and catch Bellinger made in the eighth inning. It was a high-level catch. On, on a scale of 1 to 10, that's like an 8. It's not It's not Mookie going over the wall, which is a 10. It's not Bellinger going over the wall to Rob Tatis, which is a 10. But that ball that's hit right at you like that, and it's sinking, that's a really hard play. you got to be a high-level athlete to get it, and he did. Chris Taylor's not swinging the bat great. The problem is he's incredibly useful to have in your lineup because he can do a lot of different things. He's kind of your 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 wild card, for lack of a better word, that if you do need to move other pieces, he can move in to fill anybody else's role. Like if Justin Turner, for whatever reason, has to come out of the game, you can put him there. You can move a different guy over there. You can put Chris Taylor over here. He allows you to cover a million different holes, same way that Kike Hernandez does. They can do so many things. He's not swinging the bat great, but he does have a home run in the series. We did see that. He is a guy that can pop one occasionally. I thought that the error he made yesterday at second base, he was covering when they stole, which allowed Margot to get to third with nobody out. He didn't look that ball. And that's the second time in two games he hasn't really looked the ball into the glove. Uh, as for Will Smith, what you mentioned, his batting average is not great. Will Smith is batting a buck 43. But you can, th- this is how much they like Will Smith. Will Smith is the other catcher, and they're using him as the DH, which means if something happens to, to Barnes, then Smith has to go in and catch. It means the Dodger pitcher is hitting all of a sudden. Because once you have to activate that DH, that's how important he is to their offense. And while he's not getting a ton of hits, he's getting big hits. 
When they, we, you think about it, he got that two-run single in Game 7 in the NLCS. He hit the home run, what was that, in Game 5 of the NLCS. to keep, Or no, Game 6. It was Game 6 where he hit the home run to win that game basically for him. So while he hasn't had a high, he's not Corey Seager hitting 500, he's getting some big hits. Greg, do you like him where he is right now? Yeah, Will Smith I'm fine with. I He does have those big hits, and he's going to get one. He hits the ball harder than almost anybody else on this team. He's been so, a little unlucky, too. Right, he's getting very unlucky. Usually there's at least one at bat a game that he's hitting the ball hard and it just happens to be either be right at somebody or they make a great catch on him. Yeah. So I think he's going to have a big game in, in Game 6 and hopefully we don't have a Game 7. Chris Taylor is the other issue that we were talking about, that you were just talking about. He is the most obvious batter out there how to get him out. Yeah. You pitch to him low and away, he will no swing at it. He's yeah. going to every single time without fail. Even if it's if it's a little bit out of the strike zone, he's swinging at it. So I, he just he has the most strikeouts on this team in the World Series. He's got like twenty three, mm-hmm. something like that, which is just way too many. It, it, it's a lot, and, and you're right. He's the only guy in that really that lineup, especially their everyday lineup that will chase. The, the, the Dodgers don't. Mookie doesn't chase. Corey Seager will chase early in the count, but not late. You look at Max Muncy's hold. The reason he is a, a high-level major leaguer is because he doesn't swing at bad pitches. Corey or Cody Bellinger has gotten better at it as the series has gone along. His batting average, by the way, not great. He only got three hits in the World Series. I know one of them, he, he popped one, but he only he's three for 19 in the World Series. That's not great. Uh, Kike doesn't chase. Jock doesn't chase. Pollock doesn't chase. They, they, that's Justin Turner never swings at a bad pitch. They're just relentless like that. Yeah, and so this is where it starts coming into who do you play at second base now? Is it time for Kike to start playing second base? Because Taylor and Kike are basically the same guy. They both can play all over the field. They're both right-handed hitters. They both do the exact same things, but Kike has just he's running into more. Here here's why I like Kike more than Taylor or Taylor more than Kike. It, and this is following me along. It's because I like Kike more off the bench. Kike coming off the bench has the ability to pop one. He's more disciplined like we talked about. So if you get into one of those high leverage at-bats, like we're talking about, all of a sudden you can't be the guy that fishes. You need to have him. You need to be able to deploy him when you need to deploy him and not hope that it's his turn to come up to bat. We've seen him hit for Jock Peterson a couple of times. We've seen him hit for some other guys along the way that he's one of those guys that, okay, I need it right now. It, you know, it's baseball. You don't get to decide when your guys hit unless you're pulling them off the bench. You got to wait for their turn to come around. I like I like Kike in that role. Yeah, I mean, I get it, and I, I think you're you're right for that, but I just feel like in these types of games now, now it's, it's two games. It's all you yeah. have left. You got to put your best defense out there. You got to put your best and, and your best hitters out there. I just don't think that if you're going to have Austin Barnes most likely catching for the rest of the series, right? I don't. I don't. There's no reason for Will Smith to be catching anymore. He's the DH for the rest of the time for me, at least. Yeah. And so if you go with with Kike there at second base, you can't have two guys in Austin Barnes and Chris Taylor that are basically automatic outs for the most part. I I, I don't think I'd go that far that they're automatic. Chris Close. Taylor. Chris Taylor. I, I really I think look first of all he's a really good defensive player I know I know that he's had a couple of rough nights he's a really rough good series def- yeah he, he has and and I'm not going to pretend that it hasn't happened but I, I like him I, I look I'd roll it out there again I'd roll it out there again the same way that you did you're, you're they're going to see uh, Snell in this game so whatever your lineup is against a left-handed pitcher let's see that lineup again let's try another phone call here this time L A Steve you're up next what's going on. Hey, Travis, uh, quick point on tonight. Uh, if you're going to start Gosselin and, and, and maybe bring in Alex Wood, 
And if we do have the lead, then definitely go to Walker Bueller. Don't let it go to a game seven. A couple points on Dave Roberts. I, I, hold on. I need to stop right there. I, I, I want to stop you right there, Steve. Don't, don't hang up because I'm going to let you go again. Absolutely not what you just said. Absolutely 100 times out of 100, not what you just said. You cannot use Walker Bueller in game six in any capacity at all unless you're going to start him. You cannot bring him out of the bullpen because as good as he is, this is baseball. One swing he loses, now who pitches game seven? If you're going to use him in game six, you got to start him. They've already decided they're not going to do that. You will not see Walker Bueller in game six. You just can't do it unless maybe it's a super weird 16, 17 inning game. Then maybe. Maybe, but I, I just don't think you deploy him unless you use him in Game 7 because he's on full rest. And if Walker Bueller is pitching in that game in full rest, what do the Dodgers have? 60, 70, 80% chance of winning that game? you got to put your best foot forward in that last one. Okay, that's your opinion. That's fine. As far as Dave Roberts, uh, you and me and about 7 million people in L.A. County could manage the Dodgers to five Division West titles. Knowing that, do you think management kicks him upstairs and they bring in a real baseball guy like Show Walter or Sosha. Yeah, I, I feel and like this is the call that I took last night. Thank you, Steve. No, guys, hold on a second. Let, let's just put this out there very quickly. Dave Roberts, every year he's been the manager of the Dodgers. They've won the division. And I hear what you're saying. They have a great roster. I get it. Dave Roberts has been to the World Series three times in the last four years. He's probably going to win the World Series this year. No guarantees, but he's probably going to win the World Series this year. Can we stop talking about if they're going to fire him if they win the World Series? Promote him? Bring in Mike Sosha? Look, the reason Mike Sosha is no longer the manager in Anaheim, or at least one of the reasons is, is he was a little resistant to modern baseball. He was a little resistant to analytics. The Dodgers run on an engine of analytics. They're not going to do Mike Sosha or Buck Showalter. They're not going that direction. The new managers are the guys that understand the math and will use the math and work in collaboration with the front office. Andrew Friedman is not going to be some, some guy that wants to sacrifice bunt. We're not going to do that's not going to happen. Look, there are plenty of reasons to criticize Dave Roberts. Plenty of them, and we'll talk about them. There were plenty of opportunities last night for some pitching decisions that could have gone up in flames. We'll talk about them. But if Dave Roberts wins the World Series. He's not going anywhere. So you you guys need to wrap your head around that because that is just going to be the way that it goes. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive, celebrating eight years of donating cars to veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. All right, Bill Plunkett is going to join us next. He, of course, is covering the World Series. We will get into all things Dodgers, all things Game 5, all things Game 6. That's coming up next on 710 ESPN. It's the exact same. Uh, you know, way to go out there. It's one, it's one pitch at a time. Can't get ahead of ourselves. Uh, we just got to play the day. Uh, and if we, we do that at the end of the day, uh, hopefully good things will happen. But, you know, we're going to go out there and just take it one pitch at a time. It's all, that's, that's all we can do. It sounds like a scene from Bull Durham right there. We're going to take it one pitch at a time and, you know, good Lord and willing, we'll see if things work out. That, of course, is Max Muncy last night talking about the Dodgers being one win away from winning their first World Series since 1988. Joining me right now to talk about what we saw and what we might see coming up is Bill Plunkett. He covers the Dodgers for the Southern California News Group. Bill, good morning. How are you? Well, I'm just taking it one day at a time. Lord <laughs> willing. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, we all we all are, right? As Keith Olbermann said, we are all day to day at some one level. Day at a time. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. All right. So let's let let's start right here. After the way 
game four ended and then we all unfortunately remember how that game ended what was the mood around the team coming into the game for me because because it got pretty pretty crazy i'm not sure i saw everything that they screwed up (laughs) yeah well well i don't have enough time to get into everything that got screwed up on on that last one but what was the mood around the team because i I was very curious to see how they would look at the start of the game after such a, a gut punch in game four and they look crisp they look sharp they look like they had completely let it go i was impressed yeah, they look they look fine, and you know all all the guys were saying the right things before the game about you know last night is over and move on and play the game today. They were saying all the right things. I think what you had to worry about was if they got in trouble again, if something went you know haywire in the middle innings, and all of a sudden they were down three runs or something. Then I think maybe the memory from game four starts to come back like, Oh great. We're in a hole again, or Oh, it's turning on us again, but coming out, scoring a run in the first 10 pitches, getting a lead and then just spending the game, maintaining the lead. There wasn't that opportunity to, you know, kind of fall into a woe is us uh, mentality. I, I think that was those first 10 pitches were enormous mm-hmm. for getting over game four. Bill Plunkett joining us from the SoCal News Group. He covers the Dodgers and ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And Bill is joining us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Clayton Kershaw was not the best version of himself, at least as far as his stuff goes. But have you ever seen him deliver a, a guttier performance than he did last night, considering the circumstances and considering that he wasn't razor sharp? Yeah. Yeah, he's done this before. This is the the reaction from last night that uh, I, I think is – off the mark a little bit. It wasn't that he was so great. Right. Yes, he was good, and he, he gutted through some, some tough innings, wasn't terribly sharp, got a couple breaks with the, uh, you know, the, the raised base running. Mm-hmm. The key last night was they didn't ask too much of him. Mm. They had a plan going into the game. He's going to go 21, 22 batters, and then we're taking him out. They've had plans like that with Kershaw in the past in October, and then they get in the game and it's, oh, well, maybe we can get another inning out of him. Maybe we can get <laughs> two more batters out of him, and, uh, and everything blows up. Last night, he got to 21 batters. Dave Roberts got came out of the dugout like he had been, you know, cattle prodded. He went straight <laughs> out there, took him out, was not dissuaded. Justin Turner. He tried. And, and all the, yeah, they all, the, the whole infield tried. And Dave stuck with the plan. Now, the plan could have blown up on him if Dustin May doesn't pitch well, if Victor Gonzalez doesn't pitch well, if Blake Trinan gives it up in the ninth. But the fact that they had a plan with Kershaw, stuck to it, and didn't ask him to be Superman, that's a huge, huge step forward in October for the Dodgers, and it may be part of the reason they end up winning the championship. Yeah, it certainly feels like they're as close as they've been, it, it just considering the competition and everything else. Let's go back to the, the idea of the plan. The plan to, for tomorrow night, Game 6, is Tony Gonsolin first. Is is it an outs plan? Is it a batter's plan? Is it an innings plan? Or is it a let's see how he's doing plan? I think it's Basically, let's see how he's doing. But I don't think they're approaching this as uh, Tony Gonsolin being an opener. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when they did that the other day, he had just pitched two days before. He and Dustin they both pitched in Game Seven of the NLCS. 
So, yes, that was definitely an out plan. They were trying to get six outs from him. Didn't quite get there because he wasn't sharp. Tomorrow, he's going to be on five days rest. This is going to be more of a normal world for Tony Gonsolin than what he's been through. I mean, he he didn't pitch in the first couple rounds, so he hadn't pitched for two weeks against, you know, opposition other than sim games when he first got, you know, his first postseason uh, exposure. So everything since then has been unique and upsetting of his routine. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow he's had five days. He knows he's going to start. He's been able to prepare for a couple of days. So I think their plan is to get four, maybe even five innings out mm-hmm. of him. And then you have a completely well-rested bullpen and you start mixing and matching from there. Bill, was there any discussion about using Alex Wood in that spot that you just described for Tony Gonsolin, or was it Gonsolin's all along? You know, I've, I've heard this on social media. Why, why didn't they start Wood in uh, Game 2? Alex Wood wasn't even on the roster for the first two playoff series. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you about their faith in Alex Wood? <laughs> They're not going to hand him the ball in a World Series game to start. They might use him along the way, depending on the you know game score and who's coming uh, up for the Rays. But I don't think the Dodgers view him as a viable option to start a game. Bill Plunkett from SoCal News Group joining us here on 710 ESPN. He's given us the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Is Blake Trinan the ninth inning guy for these next two nights, regardless of what happens? No. Mm. No. I, I don't think there is a ninth inning guy. This has been uh, the evolution under Friedman for a few years now. Relievers are high leverage guys or not. They're not a seventh inning guy, an eighth inning guy, a ninth inning guy. They had Kenley Jansen when Friedman took over, and he was an elite closer, so they had a ninth inning guy. Well, Kenley Jansen isn't an elite closer anymore. I think we can all agree on that. Sure. So they don't have a ninth inning guy. They have a series of high leverage guys it might be Trinan. It might be Bruce Dark, Ratterall. It might even be, you know, Victor Gonzalez if there's a left-handed part of the lineup. Could it and, be Kenley Jansen again? And everybody, just <laughs> hold on. Like I've been saying on, on Twitter, hold your loved ones close. <laughs> yes, it could be Kenley Jansen in the ninth inning. He will have, you know, had a couple days off. And maybe the part of the lineup that they like him against will be coming up in the ninth. It might be a four-run lead. It might be a two-run lead. But, yeah, they would they would turn to him again. It's all about those circumstances, uh, where they are in the Rays lineup, what the score is, who he's used earlier. All that kind of stuff will go into who the ninth-inning guy is. Is there a scenario, Bill, where we see Walker Bueller pitch tomorrow night? Highly, highly unlikely. Yeah. I don't think they would do that. I mean, if things go off the rails and there's going to be a game seven, they want him rested to go out there and, you know, shove that fastball down the Rays' face uh, the way he did the other day. So I, I, I don't see that happening. And it's a 15 uh, man pitching staff. I think they can find somebody. 
<laughs> Bill Plunkett from SoCal News Group joining us here. He covers the Dodgers. I mean, Corey Seager, I, I remember when the season got restarted again and watching those inter-squad games on TV from Dodger Stadium and Corey Seager was hitting everything on the barrel. I'm like, oh, this is encouraging. He's going to have you know a nice start to the season. But you, know, you know this as well as anybody. In baseball, you kind of have some ebbs and flows along the way. Corey Seager's been hot for four months. Have you ever seen anything like that? He has been terrific. And I'll go even farther back a hundred years ago when they had spring training right he looked fantastic from day one he really did it was i mean you got to remember what the guy's been through tommy john surgery is no joke no hip surgery is no joke he had a long rehab road and finally went in he had a good season last year not you know great not mvp level but a good season and he went into last off season with nothing to rehab and, you know, not hurting anywhere. So he was able to spend the winter getting stronger, getting his body back to, you know, the level he wanted it to be at. And then they have the shutdown. He's got four more months to rest and get stronger and all that stuff. So he, but you're right. The most remarkable thing is he really hasn't had a slump. No, He's just, he's just hit everything hard from day one. Bill Plunkett covers the Dodgers for SoCal News Group. Bill, I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. You got it, guys. All right, we'll talk to you again. Hey, hiring is challenging, especially with everything else you have to consider today, but there's one place where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. That place is ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, so... I'm going to give this number again. Greg, get ready. The phone might blow up in your face, so get ready here. Kenley Jansen might pitch the ninth inning again, as Bill Plunkett says it. Kenley Jansen is not out of the mix. And look, Bill's plugged in. Bill knows. I like that idea. Look, there isn't a ninth inning guy. There are high leverage guys, and there are not high leverage. You're not going to see, I don't want to say not, because circumstances dictate everything, but you're not going to see McGee or Floro pitch those outs that that that's not going to happen you're not going to see adam kalarik pitch those outs unless it's one out to get a left-hander at the end of the game and it, it's just not it's going to be gratterall it's going to be trying it's going to be gonzalez it's going to be may it, these are the guys that you're going to see and i asked a question could it still be uh, kenley jansen yes it still could be kenley jansen 877-710-ESPN what does that make you think about uh, I'll, I'll be honest it makes my blood run cold it really does. It, 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 when he said that, I got sick in my stomach, and I'm, I'm thinking I've never wanted somebody to be as wrong as I wanted Bill Plunkett to be wrong. The problem is I don't think he's wrong. I think that it really is a possibility. 877-710-ESPN. We'll take your phone calls. We'll read some of your tweets as well. Plus, I want to talk about those bullpen moves that were made last night, in particular Dustin May, and is he back in Dave Roberts' good graces? That is coming up next. But right now, it's time for some straight talk. Look, we all drop our phones, right? It happens. You fumble it, crack it, splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new Platinum Unlimited plan that includes phone protection just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk text and data plus 25 gigs of hotspot and 100 gigs of cloud storage and more all on the best networks straight talk wireless no contract no compromise see mobile protect terms and conditions at osurion.com slash straight talk limits and exclusions apply 
going into this one 2-2 to get a win was huge uh, any way we could get it and um, started with Clayton and Austin tonight they both did a great job getting a lead early the, the Corey base hit to start us off was huge tack on some runs and uh, you know the guys in the bullpen it was just fun to watch tonight um, watching Dustin Victor and Blake it just really came up big tonight absolutely they absolutely did the the, the buttons that were pushed in the bullpen it worked out last night, and I think that they were more or less the right moves. There were some things that made you scratch your head at the time. <clears throat> Excuse me, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. I want to read some of your tweets coming up here in a little bit, but what Doc said right there I think is huge, that the Dodgers jumped and put a run on the board right away. Mookie doubled down the left field line. It's like, okay, here we go. Seager base hit, run in. It was seven pitches into the game, that a run on the board. It was a big, big deal. Then Seager got that next run. Because he advanced on two wild pitches and then got a good jump and scored on that one run. I mean, they, they created a couple runs out of nothing there at the early part of the game. couple of tweets here. This is from Caesar, and he writes, Trav, why do you think Bueller will pitch tomorrow when for the past many years they've done the same thing with Kershaw because Bueller has been so dominant? I believe they put him in the Dodgers if the Dodgers have a two to three run lead in the last two innings for the closeout. I, I hear that, and I, I kind of get what you're saying. I just really aggressively disagree with it. Here's why. Blank happens. Stuff happens. As good as Walker Bueller has been, you just kind of answered your own question, Caesar. that Clayton Kershaw coming out of the – you remember Juan Soto? Do you remember Anthony Rendon? Stuff happens. Okay, guys run into pitches, and I get it. The Bueller stuff is in a different level than Kershaw's was last year. I understand, but there is not a 0% chance that somebody runs into one. There is not a 0% chance that Walker Bueller doesn't miss a spot with a fastball and nip a guy's sleeve on his jersey. He's on first base. And there's not a 0% chance that that next guy doesn't hit it over the fence. Then what do you do the next day? They have options in the bullpen. They've got Gratterall and Trinan and Gonzalez and all these other guys that we've talked about. You cannot fire that bullet as a, okay, we're going to do it and leave yourself absolutely exposed on the back end. Walker Bueller on full rest on Wednesday, if necessary, is your best bet to win the World Series. Let's make sure that that best bet does not get compromised by using him a game earlier. Urias is a different question. That's a different answer. Now, if you think you've got to a point in a high leverage situation, like we talked about with uh, Bill a minute ago, and you think that you need a guy to not only get you out of that leverage, but maybe you got seven or eight, maybe nine outs left in the game, Urias is not a bad choice in that spot because he's had success coming out of the pen. He has experience coming out of the pen. Walker Bueller's a starting pitcher. We've seen what happens sometimes when you put starting pitchers in weird spots. It's not guaranteed to fail. But it's not guaranteed to succeed either. Let's try our first call here. This is King in L.A. King, you're on 710 ESPN. Yeah, we should all be more worried about who starts the game rather than who closes the game. And with that being said, Tony Gonsolin starting scares the hell out of me. Mm. This just seems like it's just shaping up to be a bullpen game. But, I mean, you know, whatever happens, Dodgers in six. I sure hope you're right. I Look, I, I, as good as Walker Bueller is, thanks, King, as good as he is, you don't want a winner-take-all situation in any sport. Right? I don't care what it is. And, and you really don't want it, I think, if you're the better team because that means that you're inviting randomness. You're inviting a lucky swing. You're, you're, what you're inviting is who is the guy that got the hit, Greg, on, um, on Saturday night, the guy that was batting a buck and got the game-winning hit. for the uh, Brett Phillips. 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 You're inviting a Brett Phillips situation. The dude was 3 for 29 in his career as a Ray. 
three for 29. He got the game-winning hit in the World Series. Okay, this is a guy that had absolutely done nothing in his career offensively. He's, in a, he's a lifetime under 200 hitter. Got a hit. He won the game. Okay, so you don't, you, you, I don't want any of that. So I hear what you're saying. Hopefully it does happen in six. Let's not let this thing get to seven. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Pennzoil Synthetic Motor Oils, and they are made from natural gas. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Another check-in on our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed where Robert hit us up. Robert says, we need Urias to close the game. Never May. We need to get rid of May. I'm okay with part one of your tweet where you want Urias to close the game. Fine. Get rid of May. I, I got very bad news for you, Robert. There's a very good chance that Dustin May may win a Cy Young or two in the Dodger uniform. Okay, he's that good. He is that good. Did you watch last night? Did you see the 100-mile-an-hour sinker that he was dropping on, guys? That's an unhittable pitch. Guys, he is as green as an apple. Okay, he, he is absolutely, completely, totally, and fully inexperienced. And he's getting guys out in the World Series. You give that guy a little bit of polish. You give that guy a little bit of seasoning. That's the, the only reason Dustin May will not be a wildly successful major league pitcher is if he gets hurt. That's the only way it happens. The stuff is too good. It is absolutely too good. There, there is 0% chance that that guy is gone. And there's a very, very good chance you're going to see him tomorrow night. And there's a very, very good chance you might see him in Game 7 if, in fact, they get there. Sean in Fontana is the next stop. Sean, you're on 710 ESPN. Absolutely, you don't put in chance, and especially in a one-run game. You, uh, does Roberts want to lose it for us? He keeps Baez in too long. He doesn't. He pulls Dustin May too early. I don't know what... What Roberts is thinking, you don't put Jackson in a one-run game. Two, three, maybe. Not a one-run game. I, I agree with you, Sean. I, I don't want to see him in a two-run game. I don't want to see him in a three-run game. And, and this, this is what sucks about this. Okay, I'm, I'm going to tell you, that this is professional sports, and the only goal is to win. The, the, the goal, when you are taking money to play, the goal is to win. We're not talking about feelings. We're not talking about making sure that everybody leaves with a smile on their face. You can do high school sports is for that. Even college sports to a certain degree is, you know, he's a senior. Let's give him the ball tonight. He's a senior. Let's start him and get him a few three-point shots. Oh, fine. Fine. This is the major leagues. This is the World Series. This is professional baseball. I don't care about your feelings. That being said, I care that Kenley Jansen is not going to be a part of this. It sucks. He's been so important to what the Dodgers have done since he's become their guy. Him and Kershaw are the only two guys that have been a part of all these teams. Clayton Kershaw and Kenley Jansen are the only two Dodgers that have been a part of all eight NL West titles, the guys that have been here for all three of these World Series appearances. They're the only guys. And, and, and it's a shame because Clayton Kershaw had his redemption. Whatever happens next, Clayton Kershaw is going to know that he pitched really well in the World Series and did everything he could to help the Dodgers. I don't know if Clayton, uh, uh, Kenley Jansen is going to have that opportunity. I don't think that he will. And if I'm being honest, King, like you said, I hope that he does not. I, I, I really do. I just I, give me Trinan, give me Gratterall, give me Urias, give me May, give, give me somebody that if they let that ball go, it's traveling at high velocity and there's a chance of a swing and miss. There's a chance of bad contact. I just don't have that feeling with Kenley Jansen anymore. 
Lots of you on hold. We're going to get to as many of you as we can. We're going to read more of your tweets as well. We still have Jerry Harrison Jr. coming up uh, about a half an hour from right now. All of that is coming up on 710 ESPN.